again? Freaking again. What's, what is going on out there? Why are they so loud? <sighs> oh, you know what? I bet they think they hear King Ghidorah. But G we, Ghidorah's not on the ship. Right, but we're watching Godzilla, King of the Monsters right now. Oh, and so they think they hear him. Yeah, we better handle this. <sighs> okay, what is happening here? Where are we? Glix, give us a situation report. Currently, we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned, our impossibility drive may cause distortions oh. as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in three, oh, gosh. two, oh, dear. one. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Calm Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the show from Devoted Geeks, who are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. I am Celeste and with me is... Dallas! And uh, guys, we were super excited to have you here with us. Like Celeste said, this is episode 92 of Geek, our Calm Talk. Calm Talk. <laughs> I we, can't say words We today. are well past episode 92 of Geek Devotions. Right. <laughs> so, so, but this, guys, this is the um, next to final stop to the road to Godzilla versus Kong. So excited. Yes. All, We're watching. All the hype. All the hype is happening. <laughs> so we, uh, we have been uh, watching through all the Godzilla films uh, for the Legendary series. Not all the Godzilla films, just the Legendary series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, started off a couple episodes back with um, uh, Kong Skull Island, and then we talked about Godzilla. Yep. And now this week we're talking about uh, Godzilla versus the three-headed monster. I mean, Godzilla, king of the monsters. King of the monsters, not versus three-headed <laughs> monster. Although this kind of is what it is. Kind of is, but it's not at the same time. It is, I don't know. But I'm it's excited not, about this. But it is. <laughs> All right, so uh, basically rundown of what we're doing is we're just going to talk about the film, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, and we're going to give our thoughts if you guys should watch it or not. Uh, this is in preparation. We're, we're talking about Godzilla versus, uh, our, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong yeah. um, with Josh Berkey on his show here in a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. which we're excited about. But before that, we're going to actually talk about Kong versus Godzilla. So this is all just leading up to each other. Yeah. So these <laughs> are good to listen in sequential order. I, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like <laughs> binge our podcast before you go watch the movie. <laughs> Please binge our podcast. <laughs> so, if you guys haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong, not Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't watched that either. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. The IMDb description here says, um, the new story follows the heroic efforts of the cryptozoologist agency Monarch, which is interesting. That I, I didn't realize that's what they called it, cryptozoological. What does that even mean? Uh, like cold uh, zoology? No, not... not <laughs> so I think it's like... Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll Google. What does crypto mean? Uh, crypto is uh, Superman's dog. It, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> 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 Cryptozoology is the pseudoscience and subculture that aims to prove the existence of entities from the folklore record, such as Bigfoot and the Chupacabra. Um, cryptozoologists refer to these entities as crypt cryptids, a term coined by the subculture. So these are Bigfoot hunters. Gotcha. And that makes sense. It does, so, considering that Godzilla has a Bigfoot. <laughs> it's a true story. 
<laughs> so again, following cryptozoologist agency uh, Monarch as its members face off against a battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. When these, <laughs> when these ancient subspecies, uh, thought to be mere myths, myths rise again. They all vie for supremacy, having humanity's very existence hang in the balance. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I feel like that's a better uh, description than the last one that we we read off. Agreed. For Godzilla. Agreed. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Um, let's talk about how this movie begins and the people we see in it. Um, um, like I said, it's following several people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, you have uh, uh, Dr. Mark Russell and Emma Russell, who were um, both scientists with Monarch. They were married, and uh, they have a daughter named Madison Russell, but they had a son who died. Yeah. And that's kind of how we're, we're confronted on the front end of the, of the movie. It's the... Um, how do you put it? It's like the behind the scenes at the same time as the original movie. It gives you a different perspective of what one particular family was going through during right. the end of the other movie. Right. And uh, which was interesting the way they played off. We'll get into a little bit later about how um, the different because they both saw Godzilla destroy their city. Yeah. And to a degree, they both kind of blame Godzilla for the death of their son. Yeah. Um, but what we've discovered is there's, uh, they separated, um, uh, Mark Russell, uh, he really went anti-Godzilla hardcore mm-hmm. and he kind of looked off and Vera, she, um, you mean, I don't know if she was anti-Godzilla. You mean Emma. Emma, I'm sorry, Emma. She, I don't know. How do you describe it? Like. It was like she, she embraced Godzilla, but she embraced the idea that these things are so big that there's nothing we can do. We just need to let them take over. Right, right. Which you don't find out till like a third of the movie through. Yeah. But, but yeah, she's working with Monarch to create this um, this machine that um, basically it was like she was trying to create something that controlled them. Um, it was like a mixture of all of their their cries, and she was using it to, they called it the orca, to yeah. control them. To, and like, like you see the opening scene where it's with uh, Mothra, which was beautiful. Like, I thought the Mothra scene was gorgeous. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that taking place, and um, but you realize that she's caught up with some dangerous individuals. Yeah. Which, again, this I guess this plays into um, what I was talking about earlier. It's weird, not weird, but it, it highlights the different ways people deal with trauma, which mm-hmm. is interesting because we talked about that last time. A lot of people didn't like the way that Home Dude played his character in the first Godzilla film. Yeah. Um, you know, Sergeant Whitebread. But you and I talked about how it seems like possibly his, the way he was acting was a result of dealing with the trauma that he went with. And um, these two, I feel like, went several ways with their own way of dealing with trauma. Yeah. I can I can definitely agree with that. And, you know, we, we even had someone pull that in from this morning at our church. We had a guest speaker, and he was talking about how trauma affects people differently. You know, mm-hmm. to you, it may seem like you may know someone's story and go, oh, that's not that bad. But to them, that was a big deal. 
And right. even in that, people handle things differently. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's fascinating, a study on how people react to things. Right. So Kyle uh, Chandler's character, Mark Russell, yeah. um, I know that we had one person say that he, uh, he just couldn't handle like the acting. He thought Kyle's acting was real deadpan. And to Greg can see that, but he's the kind of guy that went the direction of like, he's angry and he's kind of shut off from his family yeah. a little bit. He's out in the woods taking pictures of animals now. Um, and that's kind of how he dealt with it, but also just immense anger. Like he just, he wants Godzilla and the rest of the quote unquote Titans dead. Yeah. I think, Whereas Ver, huh? I think he also, um, had gone to some unhealthy measures mm-hmm. and that was part of why they separated because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, uh, Maddie goes, he looks healthy. Right. Yeah. Now, Matt, for those uh, who haven't watched, Maddie's their daughter and has a whole other realm of things. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, we see that Maddie's living with, with um, Emma and they're kind of working with with, um, with Monarch, but we discovered that she's aware of the plan that's at hand. Yeah. Of, of trying to release the Titans. And, uh, and again, Vera, or not Vera, oof, Emma. Why do you keep calling her Vera? <laughs> because her real name is Vera. Like the actress's uh, name is Vera. But Emma, she... Um, she went the opposite direction of I don't hate them, but she's just like, this is inevitable. We should just let them take over mm-hmm. and just succumb to, to everything that's taking place. Yeah. And I think um, Maddie, Madison, she's the person stuck in the middle. Yeah. Like she's having to, to deal with the dueling parents, which to be honest is it's, that's not uncommon for a child to have to deal with when they have parents separate. Right. Of dealing with the um, the dual mindsets that, that's being presented to them at all times. Right. Well, and you kind of, they kind of give you a hint even before they let you know that she knows about the plan because she's typing out an email to her dad. And she goes, I'm worried about mom. Right. So I, she, she knew something was not right, but right. she was a child. So you can't right. expect a child to be like, oh, this is how you fix things. Like most adults <laughs> don't even know how to fix crap like that. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so this is kind of like the basis. Like you find out about most of this information problem in the first twenty minutes of the film, mm-hmm. and um, so so spoilers for everybody, for everything, because we just jumped right into this. We did. <laughs> this is the most unorganized podcast episode ever. Um, but um, the where it really comes to a head though is where. Um, Emma, obviously, she's working with the eco-terrorist, and they go to release and awaken who we know as King Ghidorah. Yeah, Monster Zero. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting character because unlike the rest of them, we discover in this film that it's a alien? Yeah. Of some sort? I think, I th- I think that we knew that King Ghidorah is an alien because you and I are currently watching the original appearance of King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. And he seems very much to be alien-esque. Right. Not that he's made an appearance yet, but... <laughs> well, that's just, that's the running thing. I mean, oh, okay. if you watch... Anytime you see King Ghidorah... Uh, again, we this right like Celeste said, we're currently watching the very first appearance of Ghidorah, uh, which is Godzilla versus Three-Headed Monster. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's he's a, he's an alien. He came, he came crashing on Earth. Um, in the Godzilla uh, trilogy on Netflix, the animated series, he's a again an alien being. Um, what did you think of this version of Ghidorah? 
Now, you, to date, you've only really seen the anime version. But what did you think of this? Um, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. The, the special effects were definitely nice. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because he's very brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of calculating. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because you get a sense uh, from Godzilla that he's just kind of like if he runs into a building, it's an accident. He's a big guy. Um, right. <laughs> if he if he's handling business and things happen, it's not intentional. They purposefully built in a malevolence to Ghidorah that mm-hmm. is fascinating for something that's not, while it's sentient, it's not what we would know as mm-hmm. like higher intelligence. Um, hmm. That and the memes have ruined the movie for me that I cannot ever <laughs> unsee. It? It? <laughs> the The stupid head. But see, I like that aspect about that because, like, they did give all three heads a slightly different personality. Yeah. Like the middle one's clearly the the um, the the quote unquote le- leader of the body. Yeah. He seems a little angrier. Uh, the the other one is kind of you know he's just chilled. He's there. He's like, yeah, let's do this. And then you have it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's kind of dopey. For those of you who, who are not as sub- submerged into meme culture as we are, um, they've been people, when this movie came out, were comparing the three heads to the hyenas from Lion King, mm-hmm. where you had the two the two hyenas who were like, okay, yeah, we're doing this. We're good. You had the leader. You had the one who was like, yes, we're doing this. And you had Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel is right. sad for anyone named Ed, <laughs> but and so people were comparing it because they did. They did a very good job of giving all three heads a separate personality. Right. So you have um, Ghidorah, this massive being who, when he flies, he's this. Uh, he's a storm. Huge. I mean, he's humongous. He's a cat five. <laughs> He almost comes off more of a force of nature than anything else. Which is um, fascinating because that's what you said they were trying to do with Godzilla in the last movie. Mm-hmm. But right. it's, I would say he's less of a force of nature and he's more calculated than that. Okay. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. everything was very strategic. You get the impression he's been here before. He knows where he's going. And mm. he's here to kick butt and take names. Yes. This is a true story. <laughs> so you have Ghidorah now. And he seems to be the new... They're, they're, they're playing this entire thing about the alpha predator mm-hmm. the entire time. There's an alpha creature that's out. And they kind of they touched on this in the last one. It, you know, Godzilla's the one that keeps everything together. But this one really played on the idea of like, what happens when we introduce a creature that is could rival the alpha mm-hmm. and everyone's response to it. And it kind of stirs everything up. And, uh, that's just, that's, I don't know. That just seems like that's like, that's the summary of, of everything. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you have a new alpha creature and Godzilla has to fight it. Yeah. And then you have the human plot line that just, I don't know. I don't, how do you describe the human plot line in this list? The human plot line is really, it's hard to describe because you have the plot line between the parents and the kid. You have Mm. the monarch plot line 
of now that everyone knows Godzilla exists, the world is trying to put regulations on Monarch. I say the world. The U.S. government is trying to put regulations on Monarch. Um, So you have all these sub-stories going on. Mm-hmm. and it's it's it was a lot of threads. There's a lot mm-hmm. of threads to this. Um, so yeah, it's it can be the first time I watched it. It was a little distracting as to everything that was going on, because mm-hmm. while they do kind of bring everything all back together right. by the end of it, it's a little disjointed at the beginning. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And you and I talked about this beforehand that. Um, it seems like this relies too much on people having been part of the fan base for a while mm-hmm. and possibly even read the comic books because there's a lot of things that you just you just have to know. Like you have to know um, that some of the characters have been around for a while mm-hmm. and have been hunting him and, and all this other stuff for for decades. Yeah. Um, Sarah Zaw's character, we get a sense that he's been doing this for a minute in the first movie, and in this movie, there's this touching scene at the end where he's like. Um, he's basically having to like recharge Godzilla's atomic battery mm-hmm. and he goes, goodbye, my old friend. And you're like, like he's really attached to Godzilla. Yeah. Well, unless you've read the comics, you don't realize that he's Godzilla's literally been a part of his life since the forties. Yeah. You kind of get a sense of that mildly, but it's not mm-hmm. as intense. It's like when Sarazawa goes to take the nuke to Godzilla, the Asian chick who this is the first time you've seen her. Mm. is super upset about Sarazawa leaving. You're like, why? Well, mm-hmm. if you're not paying close attention, earlier she tells somebody that she's third generation monarch. Right. So she's literally grown up around Sarazawa. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of deep story here. Yeah. That, um, Again, if you're in the books and in the comics, you're in it. You're like, yes. But I feel like the average viewer maybe missed out on a few things. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I know we're jumping around a lot. And this is probably the most disorganized one we've done of these. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost a reflection of the film. Uh, like, there is a level of disorganization to it. Of all the different threads and all the jumping around. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that fits. Because especially considering they utilized a couple times where you would be invested in one plot line, one set of story that they Mm. had going on. And then they would just jump to the next one. And you're like, what the crap? What's going on? (laughs) And so, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing today. Right. Exactly. All over the place. Well, speaking of jumping, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Jump. And when we come back, we're going to give kind of our final thoughts on the film. If we liked it, didn't like it, what we think you guys should do with it. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you guys after this quick break. Hey, y'all. My name's The Keeper. I have been told that I'm something of a what they call a Q-type character in this uh, show called Playing Games with Strangers. Now, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, given the implications of who this Q is on this uh, fangled uh, Star Trek or whatever it's called. But anyway... Uh, 
I recommend heading on over to Playing Games with Strangers and listening to an episode or two and possibly uh, letting them know that, no, he's not Q. He is a uh, benevolent, uh, all-knowing creature who just happened to put somebody in the wrong timeline. Anyway, I'll see y'all then. Thanks for listening. All right, and we're back from our break. Um, I want to encourage you guys to check out those guys. We love them, appreciate them, and we want you to be part of their community too. We don't advertise just anybody. Nope. Like, it's not a thing we do. Um, if you want to pay us, that's cool. Uh, we actually had somebody ask the price, and we're like, oh, let's get back to you on that. We're unsure. <laughs> we'll take free product. Uh, yes. <laughs> give, uh, uh, give an honest review. Yes. <laughs> Especially considering what that person makes, but yeah, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, guys, we were talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And um, as we said in the first half, the movie's disjointed at times. Yeah, it Like is. it's legitimately just disjointed. But where does that leave us? Is this good? Is this not good? What happens? Um, like I said, Celeste and I are probably about 30, 40 minutes into, or 30 minutes into the original Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. No, not the original. Or not Godzilla uh, film. Uh, Godzilla versus uh, Three of the Monster, yes. which is the first appearance of Ghidorah. Yes. And there's some major differences already. Uh, in this one, Ghidorah's been frozen for nobody knows how long, unless you read the comics. Um, but with that, I appreciate there are some similar. There's some, they got threats. You have Rodan. Mm-hmm. You have Mothra. Like they're, they're putting all these, it's a good call back to the original. For me, that is a, that's a positive for a remake. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when you have a callback like that, that's a positive thing for me. Yeah, I can, and it, it definitely shows honor, definitely shows respect to the mm-hmm. source material. Um, like there was tons of that. So it's definitely it does a good job of going, hey, we understand that these are characters people love and that they have investment in. So we're mm-hmm. going to do our best to call back to the original so you can go, hey, that's cool. It's like what they did with the music mm-hmm. where just in subtle undertones, every different monster had its own music, every major monster. Right. Um, the the woolly mammoth didn't have his own. <laughs> well, that's actually one of my favorite parts about the film, Celeste, is the fact that um, you had this beautiful score, modern score, but in it, they interlace the original uh, kind of theme songs mm-hmm. for all these creatures. The the Godzilla, the da, 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 da. Yeah. Or even like the, the melody line of, of the Mothra th- song. Which where the, is the hmm? most beautiful out of all of those monstrous movies. <laughs> it is quite nice. So I appreciate that aspect of it. I, again, I think their soundtrack is one of my favorite parts of this, mm. as far as the scoring goes. Um, the monster fights, how did those go for you? Uh, it was interesting. It was nice. You know, things blowing up. Uh, when, when you go to see a movie like this, you kind of expect things to blow up and go boom. Like, right. that's, that's why you come into it. It's like... Um, Oh, what is it? You watch the Transformers movies for mm-hmm. fun cars and big explosions. Right. Like you, don't, you don't necessarily go to those for storyline. <laughs> um, some of them have good storyline, but you don't sure. necessarily go to those for the storyline. Right. Um, so it's definitely was interesting. Right. I think that's uh, 
you kind of hit it on the head. It's like it's a fun movie. Oh yeah. To watch the action take place, like like whenever Godzilla is supercharged and he's like marching onto the city, and there's like this literal army of planes flying to back him up. Like you're like, yeah, let's get this, you know. <laughs> and like his fight, the fights between Godzilla and Ghidorah, those were cool. Oh yeah, right. Especially and, uh, when they utilized the heads. Right. Like they took some time into thinking about how a three-headed monster would fight. Mm-hmm. So and they did a great job with that. They did. Although I think that at one point the necks were a little longer than they actually were. <laughs> There, there, they did seem to be various degrees. There were definitely some perspective issues with this movie. <laughs> right. Like, again, we talked about this last time that the Godzilla film, they did a great job with perspective. Like, they put you there and they did that several times. Yeah. But but it seemed off this time. But but spacing ratios, maybe not perspective. <laughs> How big is this thing? How long are those necks? Like, it's just convenient. It stretches out like a slinky. Like, what? Right. So, or or like, where was Godzilla? What was Godzilla standing on when he came out of the ocean? Because he had to be standing on something. Because when he <laughs> for went him to die under the water, he had to have been standing on something and jumped off. Because if not, he's just scraping his belly, like crawling, rather right? than actually like <laughs> swimming. So there are flaws to this. Either that or may- maybe, maybe, maybe he was farting and holding himself up. <laughs> <laughs> Just floating on a fart. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first. Godzilla <laughs> floats on farts. <laughs> Atomic farts. Oh. God, no wonder all those uh, fish died. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. So it has its flaws. <laughs> um but it's fun. Oh yeah. Like I'm not gonna tell somebody go watch Godzilla King of the Monsters because it's deep and it's impactful and it's a be- it's not the best. No. But it's fun. It's like it is th- the Captain Marvel of the series. Ooh. You went there. I did. It's a fun movie. It's enjoyable, but it's not a real great standalone movie. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Like, I like it. I enjoy it. I actually prefer it because I really enjoy Millie uh, Bobby Brown's acting. But Mm -hmm. when you look at the whole of everything so far... It, it doesn't stand alone well. If you haven't seen Godzilla 2014, you're not going to understand what's going on. Exactly. So let's, let's break this down. Out of five kaiju, how do you want to rate this? How do you want to rate Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Out of five kaiju. Three and a tail. Three and a tail? Yeah. Because, like I said, I thoroughly enjoy the movie, mm-hmm. but... If I can't watch it alone, mm-hmm. I don't really, really do it. That and the perspective the stuff was driving me nuts. Like, how big is Godzilla? <laughs> so, again, enjoyable movie, but it's, what is it that Paul says? You have to turn your brain off. Yeah. Yeah. Paul from Retro Rewind Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to have to agree with you. Three and a tail seems, seems fair for this film. Um, again, I enjoy the film. I'd watch it in the background of something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but it's not a deep story. 
necessarily. It's fun. It's interesting. There's some introduce some interesting things. Uh, if you're a completionist, absolutely watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, if you're a completionist, you're not going to listen to our opinion. You're going to watch it anyway. Exactly. I am curious to see how this plays into the next film. I'm intrigued by that, too, because the ending scenes heavily re- relied or implied that King Godzilla versus Kong was coming. Sorry, I yeah. can say words. It did. And it also had included the fact that, like, at the very end of the credits, you have... Um, the the eco terrorists uh, purchasing the head of Ghidorah that had been chopped off at the uh, halfway through the movie. Yeah, and before um, course, it got so stupid. <laughs> before it got so stupid because it was the stu- and that's uh, I know we're we're already done talking about it, but that was another <laughs> aspect that was fun to me because it wasn't quite so idiotic. Until mm-hmm. after it got ripped off and then grew a new head. It was like, oh, this one's a younger one. <laughs> it's a younger head, so it's really dumb. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. So, but like I said, we know that in the next movie, there's going to be have, we're, we're going to have Mechagodzilla somewhere. And the running theory is Mechagodzilla was built using this head of Ghidorah. Do we? Somehow. Do we know that or is that a theory? I'm pretty sure where that's it's not. I'm pretty sure that they've, they've confirmed God Mechagodzilla's in there somewhere. Okay. There's screenshots with them in it at least. So. Okay. So, but we don't know what what perspective of how it's going to happen. So, we only hear your guys' thoughts though. Let us know. Reach out to us. Um, leave comments on on the post we put on Facebook, Instagram, or just you know reach out to us however you want to. Private message us. Um, because we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys think about it. We enjoy. So, any final thoughts on the movie? Not necessarily, although I will point out that you can talk to us on our Discord. True story. We'll try to have a link in the description of the show notes here below. Yeah. So, all right. So, all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't forget to check out um, our previous episodes where we talk about the other legendary ones. Make sure you also go subscribe to Victims and Villains. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, Celeste, we'll be talking about uh, Godzilla versus Kong when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, the next film you, we're going to be, Celeste going to be reviewing will be, um, with Josh and it will be Kong versus Godzilla from the sixties. Yes. And we also have another podcast coming out very soon from our friends, um, primitive rhythm machine, the away Super team, Soba, the away team. And, uh, I'm just telling you guys right now, this next episode of calm talk from them is going to be. Relatively intense. They yeah. get a little deeper. Yeah, they do. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about I it. I am too. Um, Want to do this also real quick. Quick poll. Just hear your guys' thoughts. We have um, a design from our old store of a hand-drawn little baby kaiju wanting a taco. Eat the baby and kaiju. <laughs> if you don't know why kaijus want a taco, I'll have a link in the description down below for you to watch the YouTube video where we talk about how kaiju just want a taco. Yeah. And, uh, but we made shirts to go with it, um, but um, it's not on our current store. So we want to hear from you guys. Would you want that design? I'll post a, try to post a picture on social media and see if that's a design you guys might want, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, let us know, and uh, we'll put it out there for you guys to purchase. Woo-hoo. It's one of my favorite designs, mostly because like, we hand-drew it. <laughs> I loved that one so much, and I can't find my shirt with it, and so I'm very sad. Oh, that is sad. So we may have to make a new one anyways. <laughs> well, we have access to make it for ourselves without sharing. 
True story. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it. Uh, Sus, why don't you bring us home? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love. Peace and love.